Blog Talk Radio. But it is interesting how the sun-moon square 
in uh, Aries Capricorn. It mimics actually the uh, Uranian-Pluto square of uh, Uranus and Pluto, also in Aries and Capricorn. So, you know, there's there's a lot of, I think, tension between the individual uh, right now, the individual who's uh, trying to establish uh, their own uh, point of view and established patriarchy. So even I think the new thing that's going on in our country with gun laws has a lot to do with Uranus, which is the rising up, so to speak, of the people against the patriarchal government that's trying to create gun laws. And at the same time, there's another group of people who are rising up against the patriarchal gun lobby in Washington. So both sides are being equally represented by um, both energies, the, the, the people almost always being represented by the Uranian Aries energy, the individuals rising up to, you know, speak their mind or, uh, yeah, speak their mind. Uranus is an air, you know, ruled by Aquarius. It's an air sign. So we have that duplicated now in the sun-moon square. And when that actually is occurring tomorrow, the uh, the actual sun moon square and so it will be interesting to see if tomorrow Friday the 18th holds some news or some energy or something sudden or something concerning uh, the the uh, the conversation that the United States is having right now about gun gun control gun safety I heard someone wanting to call it that not wanting to control guns really but wanting to create safe laws concerning guns. I thought that was an interesting blog that I read, and um, the gun lobby and the government, all of that. So um, tomorrow there could be some news concerning that. Um, Venus is also in Capricorn. It's not really the happiest place for Venus. Capricorn is so paternalistic that uh, Venus in Capricorn makes love a very practical experience, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, if there's a practical nature to love, like, you know, being able to give a tangible, um, you know, outcome to loving someone, then this is actually a good time to produce those results. Mars, moving a little further ahead in uh, Aquarius, it's now finally past the Mars-Saturn square. So if there were any conflicts in friendship, any conflicts in group dynamics uh, in the last week, those should be subsiding. Saturn in Scorpio, but not really making any um, difficult uh, aspects right now. The Uranus-Pluto square in Aries and Capricorn we talk about a lot because it is around for years. And um, Neptune getting ready to pass uh, still. It's in the first degree of Pisces, but it's going to start moving faster and it will be going into the second degree of Pisces. So we'll see some changes there, too, in compassion, selflessness, um, all kinds of martyrdom and escapism as well. We're going to see new renaissance in, um, uh, you know, drugs and drug culture. We've talked about that, legalization of certain drugs, and then probably the emergence of of new um, recreationals. Uh, hopefully they won't just be, you know, like that one... Um, then Florida, the, the, yeah, that new drug, I can't even think of what it is. It's so crazy that the kids are doing it. But, um, yeah, hopefully if we see the emergence of some new 
recreational drugs are going to be more along the lines of uh, somewhat like psychedelics or something that creates a transcendent consciousness because that's actually the real meaning of Neptune is to be able to transcend and so when we had hippie culture and the culture of the 70s and drug use became popular at that time those were the things they were trying to tell people would enlighten them to the true nature of love in the universe because those drugs bring people you know to that place albeit artificially uh, you're supposed to really be able to get there in a meditative state. So Neptune in Pisces is also going to be about going in and looking within and a renaissance in meditation uh, like we also had in the 70s. So we'll be looking forward to some more, you know, energy collecting for people to you want, want to be going on the inside and seeing the true love and compassion that they can find there. Uh, Jupiter is in Gemini, still keeping it light and funny. I am Dr. Craig Martin, and that's your Global Energy Minute. So um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, the show. It's a call-in show, so if anyone would like a reading, uh, the telephone number to call is there, top of the blog talk page for my show, 213-943-3395. Please give me a call. I will be happy to do a reading tonight. I also uh, shorten the show up a little bit to 45 minutes. just feels better to me, and I'll see whether I bring it back to an hour. Um, let's jump in and talk about the first house. You know, the first house in astrology is the place that defines our identity. The cusp of the first house is the rising sign. And, um, and uh, I've, yes, I do take chat questions. And um, so um, the first house is um, the, uh, the house of identity and the rising sign, which is the cusp of the first house, um, basically defines um, our, um, yeah, I'm going to just say to the guy in the chat room, the person in the chat room, um, if you want me to do a reading, give me as much of your birth data as you can. That's how I do an astrology reading. So it will be your birthday with the date, the time if you know it, and then your birth town. If you give me those three pieces of information, I'll be happy to do a reading. So um, the first house is the, um, the, uh, the house of personal identity and our personality, and it's why the rising sign is so important. The, the rising sign is the sign we were born that was rising on the eastern horizon when we were born, and that sign dictates sort of the foundation of our personality. You know, you would think that our sun sign, we talk in horoscopes, you know, I'm a Scorpio or you're a Virgo. The sun was in those places when we were born. Okay, so that's very important because the sun is a real energetic part of who we are. But interestingly, the rising sign is the sign that actually casts the lens of the, the way in which we view the world. And when people meet us, they often think that we're quite like our rising sign. You know, you can meet, say, a Leo, and sure, down the road you come to find out that they're bold and that they're, you know, um, strong-willed and, and that they, um, you know... Um, uh, you know, have a lot of energy or that they're out there the center of attention. But if that Leo happens to have Virgo rising, 
they the people are often surprised. Oh, you're a Leo because Virgo is more shy, more analytical, more standing in the background and observing and doing sort of an analysis and um, uh, you know more service oriented than Leo. So it's interesting how when we first meet someone, usually the energy we're encountering is their rising sign. Okay, so this is interesting too is that we may meet someone. And at first, we don't really like them, you know. And then we come to find out a little bit more about them, and then we do. And sometimes that's because the rising sign energy doesn't really connect very well with our chart, but the the rest of their chart does, like their sun sign and moon sign and, and, and uh, et cetera, you know. The... Um, the uh, the basis of the planets in the chart we connect with that but the rising sign we don't necessarily get along with so at first we're sort of repelled by them and the way they behave for instance let's say it's a Pisces which could be someone who's very empathic and very um, uh, selfless and very artistic but let's say they have like Leo rising these are really opposite examples you know okay so we have somebody that's very you know, like a giving and and, uh, and and selfless, but they have this very big, bold, in-your-face rising sign. So you meet that person, and if you happen to like quiet artists, you meet this person, and they're, like, talking about themselves and their ideas, and they take up a lot of space. And sure, they're very friendly and very awesome, but you could be maybe repelled by that energy. And then you come to find out that they're actually artistic and that they're very empathic and that they're doing, you know, volunteer work and things like that and all of a sudden you like them. So the rising sign establishes this big part of our personality because it represents the beginning of the first house. And I'm going to get back to more energy about the rising sign, but I do have someone in the chat room that asked me to do a reading. Um, the, um, the tag is golden 4861 and, uh, the birthday is July the 1st, 1970, unknown time. And so for those people who are out there listening and following along and doing charts, um, we usually use 12 noon and Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. So, um, let's go to the astrology software which I'm going to open up for uh, Golden 4861 and um, enter in this information and, um, you know, do a, a, a reading. So I'm going to put in um, the, um, the birthday, July 1st, 1970, 12 noon. It's what we have to use. The birth time has to be selected. And um, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, it's um, H-O-C-H-I-M-I-N-H, City, Vietnam. And um, it's definitely in my software, for those of you who are interested. Um, we can talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, so, you know, when we look at uh, this chart, um, what we're... What we're what we first want to be able to recognize is that the birth time is questionable, but the planets are not. Okay, so no matter what time of day um, my 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 chat room friend was born, the planets are going to basically be in the same positions. Okay, 
So, and even the moon on July the 1st, 1970, was in Gemini. And um, and it was there all day. So there was no change in the moon sign. The moon changes quite rapidly, like every third day it changes sign. But on July the 1st, it was definitely a Gemini moon. So we can get kind of a, a somewhat of an accurate reading for this for this person because we know where all of the... Um, the planets are on that day. So generally, you know, Cancer, uh, born under the sign of Cancer with Mercury and Cancer and Mars and Cancer are very nurturing, very um, protective, very home-oriented, domestic person with Moon and Gemini. So a good sense of humor. Uh, you like to read. You like to talk. You like to teach. There's a certain energy about you that likes to be social. You want to be well-informed and you want to feel well-informed. Being able to connect uh, Cancer and Gemini is quite nice because I think that maternal energy, in order to be protective, we often have to communicate what it is that um, you know we want other people to be able to do in order that we feel like they're safe. So there's a there's a, a strong ability for you to connect with people emotionally, and at the same time for you to be able to express it because Moon and Gemini gives you a lot of vocal power, good vocabulary, a good good understanding of language in, you know, whether you have a native language and whether you're also fluent in English or not, you know, um, you, whatever languages you're using, you, you, you know them and you know how to communicate in those languages. It's quite nice. Venus is in Leo, and this gives you a little bit of energy where you want to shine and you do want a little bit of some, you know, energy for yourself. And perhaps you also like to be involved with a partner who's also kind of showy and people notice. A lot of people who have Venus and Leo like being with someone in relationships that is noticeable. Um, there's a lot going on in your chart right now. You're actually just finishing up what we call in astrology the midlife crisis. Born in 1970, you're um, you know, already just past 42, and this makes this time of your life a time where you're feeling rebellious, you're feeling like you want to make change, you're feeling like, you know, if a relationship came about, if a relationship ended, that you really want to solidify your relationship life. It feels very important for you right now to be able to do that. Um, there are some energies, though, that have been feeling like um, like it hasn't been easy to settle down, so to speak. It hasn't been easy to... Um, it hasn't it has it 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 hasn't been easy to settle down into something because there are a lot of changes see i see you're seeing that you feel you're bad in communication or if, are you a big reader are you a big reader do you read a lot because you have a natural ability to communicate even though you're very sensitive you have you you're not it's interesting how how you're how do you express are you a student do you study or do you just read a lot of magazines or do you just watch a lot of television? <laughs> because, you know, Moon in Gemini is someone with a very good sense of humor. So um, it surprises me that you haven't been able to find a way to express yourself in that way. I even know someone who's deaf, you know, who's deaf, 
who has moon in Gemini, and um, even though he's not so communicative, let's say, with the hearing world, he's incredibly communicative with the deaf community. He's um, he's funny and he's talkative, and so I, I'm not sure whether you know you feel like you're very bad in communication. Is it because of a language difficulty, or you know, is there a place where you feel like you can communicate better? Because that moon in Gemini, it, and when with Jupiter in Gemini for the last um, a year, Jupiter has been in Gemini. It surprises me that you haven't found a wider social circle and um, and a, 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 a place where um, I see you're saying you don't speak any languages fluently. Does that mean you only speak Vietnamese? Okay. Interesting. Okay, that's fine that you feel that way, and because of your birth time, because of your birth time, you you might have some more, um, you know, reclusive um, qualities. Sometimes uh, cancers do. You know, they're so homebodied that they that they actually want to spend. Uh, time, you know, basically at home. You do have an opportunity, though, I just want to tell you, I just want to let you know that it is possible for you to make a change in your chart because you have the chart of somebody that wants to be more noticed. I see where there's, you know, some conflict between you feeling like home is the safest place for you and then wanting to have that social life but if you're not having that it's um you know you need to examine you know why that's not happening how can you create a greater social circle where are you actually writing me from where are you actually writing me from are you are you in the united states um so and then also for my listeners the uh, the chat room person is saying that they only speak chinese and english um, and um, that uh, they are located in the United States. So, but, you know, your country of origin is Vietnam, and you speak fluent Chinese. I'm sure you speak fluent Chinese. So, um, you know, that that might be difficult for you if you don't reach out and connect with the community that, you know, might be able to befriend you. It's difficult if you don't find, you know, it's easy. To, I think it's not easy to say, but it's it's comfortable to be able to say, I have a hard time making friends when, you know, in what way are you reaching out to make friends? You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, you know. And being 42 also is not an easy time, um, Although now is a time when you can create new friendships and new relationships for sure. Now is a time because, as I said, as a part of the midlife crisis, it's a time when you can bring those things in. Perhaps you need to look in, um, you know, different places in a different place in order to be able to find what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I understand that, you know, you're working on looking for more friendships and that you'd like to maybe know from astrology 
why you would be feeling so isolated. Some of that could be about the Pisces in your chart. Some of it might absolutely be based on your birth time, you may have a lot of planets in the 12th house, which is the house of Pisces. That naturally gives someone a sort of um, uh, sometimes isolated feeling because they're very compassionate, but also could be feeling quite emotionally needy. So, you know, it would be interesting for you to be able to examine that. Do you feel with relationships that you're emotionally available or that you're you're so emotionally, maybe emotionally needy if you've been feeling disconnected from people, that that's something that, that makes it difficult for people to connect with you. You possibly have a lot of Pisces in your chart, um, you know. Um, so, okay, he, this person is saying that they don't feel needy or clingy. Well, it's difficult for me to be able to tell you then why you're not connecting with people because you have a naturally social ability and you know I think that you should spend more time reading if you're not reading so that you can expand the information that you know and work on that moon energy so that you can you know Jupiter is going to go into cancer this year in 2013 and it actually is going to be a very good year for you for home for friendship and for you know being able to make a change that's all I can tell you. It's that 2013, Jupiter is in Cancer, and it's an excellent year for you to be able to make a change. So I'm going to get back to um, the show topic. And um, show topic is the first house, and we're talking about Aries energy. So first house identity is established based on this strong energy of who we feel, who we are. So if we have, for instance, um, like I have Scorpio rising, and it it makes me, uh, you know, self-identify as intuitive and um, probing, like wanting to search in, uh, you know, more deeply into finding the truth. It makes me want to create honesty in relationships because it's... Um, uh, Scorpio is about intimacy and the honesty that we share with another person. And so Scorpio rising and all people that you will meet with Scorpio rising, they see themselves that way regardless of the sun sign that they are. It could be an Aries, it could, could be a Leo, a Virgo, it could be any sun sign. If they have Scorpio rising, they know that they're very penetrating when they look at people, that they have a certain kind of energy about them that makes them very perceptive and very intuitive, and it becomes a part of their personal identity, basically because of the way other people respond to that energy. See, other people see it, other people respond to it, and then what happens is that we develop a specific identity based on what it is that other people are mirroring for us. It's really an interesting process that obviously begins in childhood, right? That parents and siblings and friends mirror for us what it is that they see about us. And it's customarily coming from the rising sign, the rising sign energy where Somebody is looking at somebody, say, with Sagittarius rising, and they're seeing an adventurous, 
um, philosophical person who likes to travel, who's friendly, who's good at debating, who has strong opinions, who's very enthusiastic about the world and truth and philosophy and higher education. And you see that about someone with Sag Rising. You see an almost sort of infectious kind of enthusiasm with the world. And um, regardless, again, of their sun sign, you know. So I, let's say, know someone who's a Sag rising who um, who has their sun in Scorpio in the 12th house. That's a very brooding, um, kind of very serious, inward kind of person. And yet when you meet her, you still see Sagittarius rising. She's got that jovial, friendly, big hug, big smile totally different than if she had Scorpio rising and had Scorpio, the sun and Scorpio in the 12th house. She would be a lot more difficult to get to know. People would feel a lot more suspicious about her because they would see the darker side of Scorpio and it would be more difficult to um, access uh, her personality. But Sagittarius rising is very accessible because they're communicative and um, they have a lot of ideas that they want to share. Sag is a fire sign. So fire is very motivated, very passionate, and very enthusiastic. Those are sort of the key words for fire. So anybody who has fire rising as fire as a part of their first house and develops their personality and their identity around those qualities of enthusiasm, motivation, and um, uh, passion. Uh, we could go through the other ones, which is that air signs rising are more the talkative, social people. Water signs rising are more of the, say, um, observant, emotional, sensitive, artistic people. Um, sometimes with Pisces rising, even the person in the chat room that I just read for reminds me of Pisces rising, someone that feels very, um, you know, um, uh, guarded because their feelings are so sensitive. And um, and um, then earth signs rising are the very practical people. They may not be the big talkers, but you know when you meet one because they're always willing to work on something and get the job done. So this first house energy, and if someone has planets in the first house, it's very much about a lifetime of self-discovery, a lifetime of developing the identity. And remember our identity over time, it morphs and changes as we come to know more about who we are. We learn more about ourselves based on the people we interact with, the, the um, experiences we have, and the people that we connect and interact with. And then from there, we move on to uh, learning more about ourselves and incorporating more of that understanding into our personality, into our sense of who we are in the first house, the identity that we have as human beings going back out into the world. So if we have planets in the first house, it means that we have lessons to learn about our identity and who we are. We have lessons to learn about being like an Aries, having a strong self-awareness, a strong self-identity. But the first house itself, again, depending upon the sign that's rising, is going to determine what our identity is based around, what our identity feels like. Is it a is it a strong, bold identity? 
Is it a talkative, funny identity? Is it an emotional, you know, storyteller, good shoulder to cry on identity? Or is it somebody that's, you know, out, you know, building habitats for humanity kind of person, uh, an earth sign person, rising so that that's what you get for a personality and a personal identity. So the first house I think is integral and very important because it um, it helps us discover who it is that we are and uh, what it is that we're we're basically doing um, in 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 life. Um, the um, the the interesting thing about the first house, I think, is that it does create the foundation for all the other houses. You know, without a first house energy, um, we're we're kind of floating free form without without any um, sort of stable structure to rely on. The the first house sets the tone for all of the other houses, and as we go through them and we talk about uh, our values and the way in which we communicate, those things are based on who we think we are. So we begin with the first house. We begin with a with a place of, of strong uh, identif- personal identification, and from there we build uh, our understanding of the rest of our lives. It looks like tonight I don't have too many callers, and I usually set aside time for some callers. So I am going to uh, end my show there, and I will see you next Thursday. This is Dr. Craig Martin, and I hope you're having a lovely Thursday evening. I'll see you next Thursday at 8 p.m.